This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 179. Why can't we all just get along? Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend, Palmer. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. I'm Ben. Ben Avery, and I am one of the Strangers and Aliens, and I am also here with another of the Strangers and Aliens. That would be me, Evan. Evan David. And we are here to talk about superheroes fighting superheroes. Oh, We're here to talk yes, about BVS. We're here to talk about Civil War. <sighs> We're here to talk about why? Why? Why must it happen? Why does it happen? Why do we like it or not like it? And what are some of our favorites? Hero versus hero. And I just want to throw a couple things out there. Okay. Um, first of all, I was thinking about this and it maybe I was watching the trailer for Captain America Civil War. And, you know, Evan. Yeah. It doesn't look the story, the characters, the things they're doing. It doesn't look like it's very civil, nor <laughs> does it look like it's really a war. Um, the, well, maybe like a gang war, a turf war. Maybe. I mean, the teams running at each other to you know go into that great visual clash, side versus side. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's not very, you know, it's not it's not like one of the battles uh, on Middle Earth. Let's, let's just no. put it that way. Um yeah, it, I just wanted to throw that out there. Well, you know, they, those are the same two shots they show in every trailer, and so you don't know what the scope of this thing is. I mean, there was talk of us seeing the the street level heroes like Daredevil and all of them making an um, appearance. I mean, who knows? I never heard that talk. They could surprise us. They could, but I never heard that talk about. Oh well, those were. I guess they're rumors. It wasn't really talk. No, it was an official talk. There was official talk from me. About seeing them in uh, Infinity War. Yes. But that was official talk from me, which doesn't count for anything. From your unofficial Marvel podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't count for okay. any, anything, really. That is where I get most of my Marvel news. Yeah. Well, that's that's not bad. That's not a bad place <laughs> to get it. Uh, the, the thing is, with the street-level heroes... Um, they, I mean, they've made it pretty clear that Civil War, at least, is it's it's movie stuff. It's movie people. And, okay. 
Yeah, the but TV... I'm sure we'll see some ramifications. Oh yeah, the the TV's playing catch up, running along behind. But uh, yeah, you know, speaking of people not getting along, there was a line in the last episode of Marvel's Agents of Shield. Well, Which line? Well, the first, the first episode back from their uh, their hiatus for uh-huh. the season. And let me see if I can find it for my notes from that episode when we recorded about it. Um, I, I just uh, Colson says Colson says to the president, uh, "We'll keep doing what we do, and you'll keep pretending we don't exist." Yes. <laughs> and I saw a lot of people, you know, perk up, and they're like, "Yeah, that's the." TV people saying that to the movie people. I didn't even catch that when they said it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I would have or not. I just know that it was brought to my attention before I even saw the episode. Yeah. And so when I actually watched it, that's that's what happened. So. I was just happy that we had the president from Iron Man 3 and he was on the show and not just on a TV screen. Oh, well, he's, you know, he's there. They're, they're yeah. bringing him in. They're bringing was, him in, put him on the set. I liked it. So, uh, Evan, do you remember when we first met? Uh, yeah, I believe you were vacuuming or something. I was probably vacuuming in the church. You came and were introduced to me and then you punched me in the face and I tried to vacuum your shoelaces. That's right. Using my special power from the vacuum cleaner, the double wide vacuum cleaner that the church had. Yeah. Um, and then then we realized it was just a big misunderstanding. Yeah. Well, and, and then the, a villain came and said, that's exactly what I wanted to happen. That's why I brought you together. And we said, Sean... Come on, man. Um, actually, I was not vacuuming. When we first met, I was in the, the children's room, and Sean Holkren brought you in, and, and we said hi, and that was it. And then he, and then we talked later when I probably was vacuuming. But Okay. Yeah. But anyway, that's that, that scene plays out in many, many places. Mainly, without Sean. Yeah, without, without our friend Sean, um, good old college friend. Love you, buddy. I know you're not listening. He's also my boss, so I could get in trouble. He's not listening. <laughs> He's not listening. Yeah, I have enough capital to burn for both of us. Oh, good. Him, so you're, you're good to go. Um, yeah, but anyway, uh, <laughs> it plays out mainly, primarily, in comic books. But I've seen it on TV. I've seen it happen on TV where two good guys will meet each other for the first time. And what's the first thing that happens? They start fighting. Yeah. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind on TV is the uh, the return of the Incredible Hulk, where he uh, he's been away for a little while, and he comes back and and he meets a guy who has a, a hammer, and the hammer summons Thor, and of course there's a misunderstanding that causes uh, David Banner to Hulk out, and Thor gets called and fights fights the Hulk. You know, so it happens yeah. there, you know, but it, but it happens in other places, too. I'm I'm, I'm sure I mean, it, I'm, even, it even happens in like cop shows, you know, with like NCIS or Hawaii Five O, where they cross over with another, you know, police law enforcement agency. There's always some yeah. conflict, some headbutting, even though they have the same objective, you know. Well, but that's the question is, is OK, so there's two ways to 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 approach it. And one is why does it happen from a storyteller's perspective. Mm-hmm. And then the other is why does it happen within the story? And so we talked about one with, with uh, the misunderstanding, right? Where um, a hero will meet another hero and they 
assume the other one to be a villain of some some sort. And there's also the bad guy trickery. And Mm -hmm. that's one that comes from a a favorite of mine, which is the Amazing Spider-Man versus Superman. I'm going to say the other way around, Superman versus the Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. But they they come to the same place. So Peter Parker and, and Clark Kent are both there on behalf of their respective newspapers. But a crime is committed and Superman is made to believe that Spider-Man did it. And then Spider-Man is made to believe that Superman's um, bad. And then Spider-Man actually gets a power boost from Lex Luthor. And so they're, they're, he's, he's pitting them against each other. And, of course, they, they don't stay fighting. But there right. is a, a brief moment where they're fighting each other. And there's a, it's a funny moment, too, where uh, <laughs> the way they, they, it's one panel and it's just Spider-Man rabbit punching Superman in the gut. And Superman's just standing there. And it's, it's not affecting him at all. Spider-Man's <laughs> clearly, clearly outmatched in that situation with Superman. But, yeah. Well, so, he would be. Yeah. But what other reasons? I mean, in story, it, the question becomes then not why, but does it work? <laughs> you know, is it is it a gimmick? Is it a stretch? Well. And does it does it stretch credibility? I mean, it's both and honestly, because you could come, you could have some good motivations in your story for having two characters uh, disagree and even come to blows. But it's also, it is a gimmick because it happens every single time. When a hero meets a hero, they have to fight (laughs) first. Then they team up. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Go ahead. Mind control. That's another one. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's one that happens to Superman very often because Superman, let's just be honest, is a scary, scary villain. When he, you know, if someone were to take away his morality, he's an unstoppable tyrant. And so that comes up often in comic books and in in the TV shows and everything. He gets mind controlled or red kryptonite or it's another dimension Superman who has always been evil. You know, stuff like that. Well, that's not a misunderstanding then. No, that's not. Um, so but it's, yeah. Misunderstanding, intentional confusion from a bad guy, straight up mind control from a bad guy. Um, How about I, differing ideologies? Differing ideologies. Civil war, perhaps. Yep. Or the first meeting of Batman and Superman in the post-crisis continuity where Superman actually comes to Gotham for the sole purpose of bringing Batman in because he's a dangerous vigilante. What's that from? That is uh, from the Man of Steel miniseries. Okay. That, it was the reboot after uh, the crisis on Infinite Earths. Because I know there was a, a series right after Crisis where it was like every issue took place a year after the previous one. And it was Superman and Batman's relationship kind of watching it unfold over the years. So the, huh. the first year and the second year, and then, so they're, they're friends or they, they, they just meet and they're, they become friends and then they, you know, grow apart. And I don't know if it went 12 issues or, or what I haven't read it. It's just one that I'd heard about. But Was that after crisis and infinite earths or infinite crisis after 86? Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, Cause was, that sounds very similar to one that came out after infinite crisis. 
because they did that when after Infinite Crisis they skipped ahead a year in all the. Oh titles. no, that was the one year later. Yeah. No, it wasn't that. Okay. No, it was just each issue was another meeting that they had. Gotcha. And just kind of following their relationship as as it ebbed and flowed as friends. So. Did you ever read Superman Batman Generations? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I like that one a lot. It's one of my favorites. That was a good one. Speaking of people aging in real time. Oh, I'm going to check our last episode. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. So we got some in-story reasons. The question, I I really, you're right. I I feel like they're kind of stretching it often. Yeah. You know, and maybe it'd just be easier to just just make them meet each other and hate each other. You know, and so they're <laughs> just gonna fight. Why are they fighting? Because they can't stand each other. Although that is maybe you get that in Fantastic Four. Sort of heroes I, who just can't stand each other. But for those of you who don't know me, I'm not a very big fan of the new Fifty Two. There's very little in there that I like. In fact, I just popped open a new book like two days ago and I had to put it down because I just don't care. I don't care, but there's one relationship that I enjoyed from the, uh, what is Who's his name? Uh, it's the justice league. The, the first meeting where they've team up against dark side. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Geoff Johns wrote it. Yeah. That's it. And Jim Lee illustrated. And, uh, I really liked, uh, green lantern and Batman's relationship in there. Cause they both kind of, they really can't stand each other. And uh, just their their back and forth. They weren't like combative, I don't think. But just their first meeting and their relationships clashed so much. I I liked that. That was fun. That was that was a pretty good a pretty good arc. I didn't I didn't go too much further than that, but yeah, I yeah. did like that opening six issues. That was pretty good. Um, it wasn't my favorite. I like it better now that I know that actual Superman was there in the background watching the whole thing unfold. <laughs> If you read the Lois and Clark Superman ongoing series, uh, you'll know what I'm talking about. But that's just for us real Superman fans. Sure. So <laughs> let's step outside of the story then. Okay. Right. So the question I have then is why do it? Why do we want it to be done? And why do we want to see good guys battle other good guys? I mean, why is it such a gimmick? Why is it? a selling point to two blockbuster movies this summer. It's a selling point. It's Batman versus Superman. It's uh, Captain America versus Iron Man. And and all over both of those trailers, you're seeing them trading blows, fighting each other, punching each other, uh, taking the punches and then dishing the punches out. I think it's the novelty of who would win. I mean, if you talk about Star Wars, the good guys never fight each other, but you always have that, you know, on the playground you're playing, okay, well, I'm Obi-Wan and I'm Luke, who's going to win? Or I'm Obi-Wan and I'm Yoda, who who is going to win? I can we... tell you right now, I never, ever played that on the playground. Really? No, no, because like, you're not thinking about, you got the old guy who's super powerful and the young guy who's getting powerful. We didn't care about that kind of stuff. I think we did that. Maybe it was just against the bad guys, but I lo- I always loved teaming up or matching up people who would never actually get to fight. So I like I had the Star Wars board game. It's actually it was kind of like Hero Clicks, honestly, but it was just a self-contained board game. 
and it's it was all the Star Wars characters, and they could have matchups and they could fight. And I would always pick like Darth Maul versus you know Darth Vader because they never got to fight. And I was just like, who would win? And for me, it was thrilling to to imagine that and to see that. So maybe that's I mean, it's just it's something that doesn't happen usually. Well, but it does. I mean, that's the, that's the whole thing is it doesn't in your case in that suit in that particular Star Wars situation. It doesn't. Yeah. But. Well, d- but did it happen? Um, you know, back in the Silver Age in the in the Golden Age of comics, did did heroes come to blows with each other that much? Yeah, it was usually like a mind control kind of thing. Or okay, yeah, it, it did. It, it's not a relatively new thing. You have the heroes meet, and then they thump their chests and and test their powers against each other. I mean, it's hmm. and and you'd have. You know, Batman would get powered up so he could fight Superman, and Superman would get depowered or, or whatever. And you know, more more often than not, they're fighting with each other, but enough to keep things interesting. You'd have them fight against each other too. Now they never stopped yeah. being friends. You know, they would they'd be fine later on, but you know, especially after they figured out, oh, it was mind controller all along. Oh, I just thought of another reason in story for them to fight. Why? The celebrity boxing match. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Batman, Superman for charity, they're going to go and they're going to duke it out. Who's going to win? Or, I mean, you could take it a step further and and Superman racing against the Flash. Yep, yep. Superman boxing Muhammad Ali. Yep. Yeah. Young Justice playing baseball for the fate of a planet. Sure, (sighs) sure. Good stuff. Yeah, I'll throw this back at you, though. Almost every boxing story that you get is not going to be good. (laughs) If you're watching a science fiction TV show and you're on the boxing episode, which they all have, it's not good. (laughs) They all have it. Does Star Trek have a boxing episode? Yeah, it wasn't actual boxing, but there was a not not the original series. I think it was Next Generation that did it. Huh. But um, yeah, Babylon Babylon Five had one in its first season. Battlestar Galactica had one. Um, Quantum Leap had one. Uh, yeah, if, huh. if if you're watching the boxing episode, Mork and Mindy had one. At least I think it was a boxing episode. Might have been a bar fight. I think it was a bar fight. In Mort and Mindy? Yeah, yeah. Something happened. And it was hmm. uh, something happened. Where like Mork was getting bullied or Mirth was getting bullied. And then Mork and Mirth put on capes and pretended to be superheroes and used their powers from Orc to, yeah, the, in a bar. <laughs> it's vague memories I'm operating on here. So <laughs> it's vague, vague memories. Um, Hey, I just thought of, oh, no, that's an example for when we talk about some of our favorites. Okay. I'll, I'll hold on to it. Okay. But um, yeah. So, so out of story though, you're you're right. I think part of it is the who would win, and I, you know, honestly, what you get out of that is the official answer, because yes. on the playground you're doing that. Who would win? Uh, you know, we can argue about that all day long, and, mm-hmm. and some people have. Um, and I, I still can't get how people can say Batman would win against Superman unless you know. The only way Batman can win against Superman is if it's written so that Superman is depowered or it's written so that Batman finds a way to depower Superman. Yes. And 
you know, but, oh, but that's how he does it. Cause he's, he's Batman. So he's able to figure it out. But, you know, whatever. I'm on the same page with you, Ben, uh, on that issue. But yeah, so this isn't as interesting of a podcast as if we... <laughs> I mean, I can, I can play the devil's advocate if you want me to. Nah, nah. The devil's advocate is just going to say that Batman is, you know, has a plan for everything. And, and then I would just say, you know, Superman is the one, you know, first of all, Batman has a plan to kill every single Justice League member, right? Or at least, well, at least incapacitate them. Well, because he doesn't kill except for, you know, if he's Michael Keaton. Yeah. And then he's dropping real. dynamite down a clown's pants and pushing him off a bridge. But yeah, yeah it, it just, I can understand what they're doing with that kind of a story, but this is one of those genies that have come out of the bottle and just created a lots of reasons for Batman to basically be a God without being a God. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. he's just such a genius that he knows every eventuality and it's far, far, far outside of the realm of he's just working really hard and training really hard. <laughs> and he's, he's developed these skills. No, no, he's, he's become something far beyond human. And so, yeah, if Batman's gonna be far beyond human, which is, you know, what, what he's become. Yeah. And then, yeah, he is, he's a match, but you have to either really power him up or depower Superman. And some would say, well, but Batman fights dirty and Superman doesn't. Batman uses intimidation and Superman uses inspiration. And which would's going to win. Yeah, but Superman, if he's been known to resort to beyond what he usually does, if the fight demands it, to trickery, but he's so. doing it for the greater good. Yeah, and and he's waiting until it, the greater good demands it. Batman, yep. you know, Superman is reactionary, really, and, and Batman is proactive. Yep, Superman's the fireman. Batman's the police officer, the mm. police detective. Uh, Batman's the assassin, who is going <laughs> out assassin. and stopping things before they're able to do what they're going to do. He's ready. But anyway, that's, I mean, that's that big movie that's coming out and we want to see the official answer. And we've seen some official answers. Batman, dark Knight returns. Uh, that graphic novel has Batman and Superman fighting. Yep. And, uh, should we spoil it? Well, it's 30 years old this year. Are we really spoiling it? But I guess not. Maybe we are. Maybe we shouldn't. I mean, I, I do think people should read it, but they they fight. Batman wins because he's able to um, get uh, he fights Superman after after Superman has been hit by a nuclear bomb. And he also has Green Lantern waiting on a rooftop with a kryptonite arrow. You mean and, Green Arrow? Uh, yeah, Green Arrow. And he also has a super-powered exoskeleton power suit that he's using. Yeah, so, yeah, Batman, pretty pretty plausible there. And uh, does he really lose? <laughs> the Superman? Does, yeah. No, because, I mean, he gets, he loses the fight, the battle. Does he? I'm pretty sure he does. Doesn't it pretty- end with Batman falling to the ground? Yes. Okay. Yes. Now that you mentioned that, so they kind of tie. 
Yeah. But I, Superman does have to slink off. Yes. And recharge. Yeah. Yeah. And he does. And yes. he's looking great. Yep. He's looking great. But all that said, you know, really all Batman needs is a kryptonite ring on his hand and a, a good solid punch to the heart a couple times and he's done. Superman is down. But yeah, I'm, yeah. It's, it's possible. But that's why they, you know, you, you need kryptonite so that Lex Luthor can be a threat. And what is Batman other? I guess when you think about it, Batman and Lex Luthor, at least in the comics, they're basically the same guy. They're pretty similar. I mean, Lex Luthor is not the physical specimen that Batman is. No. Even though in some of the newer comics, Lex is kind of buff. He's closer. Yeah. 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 But that's why yeah, they gave Lex the power suit from the Super Friends. That was that was fun. I like yeah. Lex Luthor in that green power suit. With the... Me too. I always like it when they make Lex Luthor the smartest human being on the planet. Like in uh, Superman Red Sun and some other stuff where he is just the smartest man. Like he, th- there's only one person smarter and that would be Brainiac and he's not even a human. Yeah. So I like that. Yeah, because then it's the, the greatest mind in all the earth and the greatest mm. physical body in all the earth. Yeah. I like it. And then it's right, just ben. what 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 guides them is the soul, right? Yep. And what does the soul cause the greatest mind to do and the greatest body to do? So, okay, so to see what happens, that's one thing. To get the official answer, that's another. Mhm. Um and you know, <laughs> there's just we got to sell books. That's true too. Let me ask you this question. Yeah. Do you think Part of it is just the the thrill and the challenge to the writer to say, oh, I get to tackle this fight of these two iconic heroes. How am I going to do this? That'd be some of that. I think there's also, as far as a writer, trying to make it interesting. So when they meet, you know, it's not just they meet, they shake hands, and they go off and, and do the thing together. But it gives another conflict to the story. You know, and, and and is that lazy? Maybe, but it is easy. It's definitely easy to get. Oh, we can get some extra conflict here by having our heroes fighting the bad guy together, but fighting each other before and during. Yeah. So there is there is that. Um, selling books or comic uh, comic books or uh, movie tickets as well. Um. Because you have the Civil War too, then, which is clearly, I mean, they're setting it up as Tony Stark versus um, Steve Rogers, which is what the comic book kind of was as well. Yeah. It was these two ideologies with each of them being the kind of representation of the different sides. So in Civil War, the comic book, um, it was about registering anyone who has superpowers. You had to register or you didn't use them. You know, if so, if you're right. going to be a superhero, you were going to be outlawed unless you were licensed. And so for Tony Stark, it was, you know, we license people if they want to have guns. We license people if they want to drive cars. We license people to practice medicine. We train and license uh, or, or uh, make official anyway, the uh, police officers and soldiers. But we have you know, teenagers running around with masks shooting laser beams out of their knuckles 
Yep. And, you know, that's going to be a problem. And for Steve Rogers, it was, you know, we need to protect our families. We need, we trust the government as far as we can throw it, but, or <laughs> overthrow it. <laughs> but, um, well, he was seeing similar similarities to like the beginning of the Nazis where it was right. looking like it was going to be a police state. Well, but, but beyond that, just the simple things of once you turn over your identity, uh, that is in a file somewhere. Mm-hmm that can be opened or hacked. And, and so it's not necessarily a safe thing. And, you know, if you're a villain, you know, once you try and register your power, what's going to happen, you're going to be, you know, (laughs) carted off to jail. And that was another aspect of things was this other dimensional prison. Yeah. That was basically a superhero Guantanamo Bay. And, and the fact that the government was using and conscripting supervillains into the service to mm-hmm. hunt, specifically to hunt down the heroes, which yeah. is morally gray. Yep. Well, and then there was also the idea that, you know, they're bringing in young people. Um, but again, it, it, it's the battle lines were drawn. And I feel like they were drawn in such a way that you were meant to side with Captain America. In the comics? Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Interesting. But that Tony Stark had the stronger argument. So, like, they're giving Tony Stark the stronger argument, but they're trying to write it as if Steve Rogers has the better argument. I don't know. I, I read, and I agree with what I read, that it seemed like the main six books really painted all of the the problems on Captain America's side. It ended up that way. But Yeah, I mean but for the most part well, Tony's that, team I thought was depicted pretty clean nosed except for the creepy Thor clone that killed somebody. No, but that's not I mean that's not clean nosed there. I mean, no, they're, that they're is making not. they're making compromises by, you know, cloning Thor and and or making a clone robot kind of thing. Uh, they're making compromises by, like you said, you know, hiring uh, villains to do, you know, the tracking and, and hunting of, of other heroes. It it really Tony Stark had the better argument, but then they're also making their argument. They're they're compromising their own argument by by compromising by what they're doing, their morality, by how they're hmm. doing it. And then you have Steve Rogers, who is idealistic. And who is trying to stay clean, trying to make it so that they are not aren't hurting people as much as possible, and you know ha- acting more like a hero. So you have Tony Stark acting more like a villain, basically. I mean, I'm, I'm painting broad strokes here, but he's acting more like a villain. But he has the better argument, where it's you know, we need to protect people from people who have powers and who don't know how to use them. Or yep. who use them inappropriately, you know, and, and Captain America is the one who's saying, no, we need to let everyone, we need to just trust people basically that they're going to be good and that they're going to do things right. And in doing so, in trusting them, we are also giving them their privacy and, and allowing them to operate in such a way that their family is kept safe and that they are kept safe and that they're able to also live a regular life and not have to worry about um, bad guys attacking them in their secret identity. 
and also not have to worry about the government looking over their you know, shoulder for the government every moment. Yeah, because pretty soon the government will be telling you who the bad guys are. Yeah, yeah. And but then Tony, he's basing things off of his own personal experience, where you know he was an alcoholic and he had this big, shattering wake up call type thing, that shook him out of his alcoholism and enabled him to get sober. And then he's this huge, terrible thing has happened with these these kid or right, these superhero right. kids blowing up a whole city. And he says, "Okay, well, as far as I'm concerned, this is our as a superhero community. This is our wake up call." This is the, this is the same thing that happened to me, and so it worked for me. It's going to work for all of us. Yeah, and so you, it's an interesting concept that they're bringing up. But we've talked about this, I think, before. Yeah, at some point in time, but it might have been a really, really long time ago. This is another one of those genie things where once you let the genie out of the lamp, you aren't going to be able to push him back in. Hmm. You know, once you start really applying real world logic. You license people to drive a car. You license people to operate a weapon. You would think that you would license people to use their superpowers on a regular basis as as a hero, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, now if 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 a person owns a car, doesn't have a license, but doesn't drive the car, they don't get in trouble. You know, there, there's no problem there. And if they have superpowers and they don't use their superpowers, then and so then you're getting some gray areas there where, okay, well, what if their power is like they can make their hands really, really warm and can dry people's hair very quickly. <laughs> you know? And so they're not allowed to use it, you know? And so there's, there's different questions and how much control the government takes. And, um, but once you start asking those kind of questions in stories, then it changes the face of that universe. You can't go back. You can't go back unless you have some sort of cataclysmic thing happen, uh, which in comic books it does happen. And suddenly there's a new universe and, and they've yeah. reset themselves. But So I'm curious how it'll be in the movie. I'm curious how it'll be. But there aren't a lot of superheroes in the movie universe. Um, people would argue, well, on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., there's lots and lots but the return argument is in the context of this one film, we're not going to see them. Right. I'm curious if we're going to hear any mention of them even. But I, I hope so, just so we can get some cohesiveness between the TV and the movies. But all we you know. need is for them to say now they did that with Avengers Age of Ultron, where Nick Fury shows up with a helicarrier. And yeah. I, I, you know, I went got this from a friend or something like that. And so no mention to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is made. You don't need to have watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to understand that here's Nick Fury and he's awesome. And so he's able to you know, find a, a helicarrier somewhere. But, you know, just to hear one of them say, you know, people with power are popping up all over the place. And I thought they did do that in. Uh, oh, I thought it was in Winter Soldier. Maybe it was in. Uh, Age of Ultron, where they said, you know, we got we got powered people all over, and there we got a guy who can crawl on walls now. That's I mean, Ant-Man. they mentioned Spider Man. That's Ant Man. Was it Ant Man? Yeah, okay, it was Ant Man, and it was you know, when they said that they said, I got a guy who can jump, I got a guy who can do this, and I got a guy who can climb up walls. I mean, they they say, you know, we got lots, but it's they mentioned three, and it seems yeah. like they're just mentioning you know movie people anyway. 
So it's I, w- I would just like to hear them throw throw that line out there because if there's just like 12 people that they're worried about, you know, again, that's not a civil war. Yeah, that's it's a civil skirmish. <laughs> yeah, skir- skirmish will do. Skirmish will do. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with skirmish. All right. Good. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we've talked about the reasons in story, the reasons out of story. You want to talk about some of our favorites? Yeah, sure. I just thought of one. I wouldn't call it a favorite, but it is one that sticks out in my mind. And that's when uh, the crew from the Starship Enterprise meets uh, the X-Men. In the comics? Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. (laughs) Yeah, they did two things. And they did a crossover. It was when uh, Marvel got a license with Paramount to do Star Trek comics. Mm -hmm. And so they had the original crew meet the original X-Men. Oh, that's awesome. And there's one scene where someone says, Dr. McCoy, and both Bones and Beast say yes. Um, So that was in the comics. But then they did a novel that was Star Trek Next Generation meeting X-Men, but it's like Wolverine's generation of X-Men. So it's Hmm. the two next generations of X-Men. Interesting. Yeah. But in, in the... They, they they fight a little bit in the in the Star Trek meets or Star Trek versus X Men or whatever that they called it. So that one I wouldn't call the favorite though. It's not a great comic. It's it's not that great. It's just a, it's a gimmick. It really it's exactly what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's a gimmick. Um, well, all the ones I'm thinking of are I, I've got a bunch of uh, Marvel DC crossover books here on my shelf, and in almost all of them. Uh, the the two heroes who intersect they they fight. Uh, one that sticks out to me. Oh, I just had it. Uh, they had Batman and Daredevil, and I think they fought for a little bit. Yeah, and it was kind of cool because uh, Batman was actually able to sneak up on Daredevil. He didn't even hear him coming. Oh, that is cool. Yeah, so that was like, oh, how good is this guy? Um. I'll keep you posted if I think of some more. What was your next one? Well, um, I already mentioned Superman versus the Amazing Spider-Man. And I'm trying to think what really sticks out to me. Um, Whenever, oh, oh, this one sticks out to me. Whenever uh, Hulk and Thing meet. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know if it was like an annual thing or what, but they (laughs) just, uh, they always fought. They would always fight each other. And Thing would always go into the battle trying to win. And Hulk would always win unless something would happen to depower him or, or, you know, ramp up things powers. And I I don't even know if that ever happened. The only ones I've ever read thing just, he gets, gets beat. (laughs) He just gets hammered, but yeah. All right. I thought of another one. Okay. This is one of my favorites. It is the justice league and Avengers crossover. And it is the only crossover story that is official canon in both Marvel and DC universes. Um, they had been trying to set it up for years and it kept, you know, they kept having disagreements, creative differences, legal stuff, all sorts of stuff. But eventually they finally got it together and the Avengers crossed over, uh, with, with the justice league and they, they crossed over to each other's universes. And it was kind of both the, misunderstanding and the manipulation by the villains um 
basically uh there's a villain that's going to destroy he's going through universes destroying everything uh, trying to find out the the meaning of life and the the origin of the universe and so the grandmaster is able to uh, goad him into a, a competition where they get the heroes of their own respective worlds to uh, search out for all the legendary items in the DC and Marvel universes. And whoever gathers them all first uh, wins. And if the Grandmaster wins, this evil guy will leave. And if the evil guy wins, he gets to know the origin of the universe. So it's it's fun. They do a lot of stuff. Um, they There's lots of misunderstandings between the two. Like uh, Superman is convinced that the Avengers are just a, a morally compromised group of people. Uh, look at all the shortcuts they've taken and look at the sad state of their earth. They can't possibly be good. And Captain America sees the, the relatively better state the DC universe is in. And he's like, oh, these guys are fascist overlords. Look at how the people worship them. And they actually are <laughs> fans of them. And they don't hate them like everybody hates us. They must be evil and forcing them to do this stuff. So, yeah, it's interesting. And, and, and then it turns out, like, look, those are some pretty strong reactions, Superman and Captain America. What are you guys, what are you guys thinking? And it's actually, uh, there was something else going on there that made them think that. But, yeah. A little bit good. of extra mind control. Yep, yep. Or manipulation. Manipulation, more like, or just being in the other person's universe, it's kind of like they're off from who they should be because they're not where they should be, that sort of thing. Sure, sure. That reminds me of Contest of Champions, which uh, was a three. What? The video game app? Uh, No. The miniseries that came out in 1983 or 84. Uh, I it's, figured. I haven't read it. It's before Secret Wars. Okay. And uh, and it just brings, like, all these heroes are brought together. And it's basically a cosmic chess match. I can't even remember who the, the people involved are. It's been <laughs> – I read it recently, too. But um, they they have selected their heroes, and then they send three heroes each to some sort of exotic location, and they fight. And Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the only other ones I can think of in comics are like when Superman fights Captain Marvel in Kingdom Come. It's a pretty good one, pretty epic. That is. That is. I would agree with that one. Yeah. And, oh, you know, Marvel 2-in-1 was a team-up book with The Thing. And it seems like he fought the Man-Thing. (laughs) <laughs> Which is kind of fun, you know, thing versus man thing. But that, okay, we're talking about hero versus hero. There is also an element, uh, a variation, I should say, where it's hero fighting themselves. Ah, uh, yes. Know, as a the younger. Dark version. Well, the dark version or the younger version mm. uh, where, you know, uh, there's time travel and they end up fighting themselves and, and that kind of thing. So. Like young Scott Summers versus old Scott Summers because they bring back young Scott Summers from when they first joined the X-Men to try to yeah, snap yeah. out, you know, older Scott Summers who's kind of gone off the deep end and killed Professor X. Yeah, that kind of thing. So, okay, we, we've gone through all this, you know. This Can I throw out one last thing? Yeah, sure. Okay. 
What about when the villains fight each other? That's another variation. But that one isn't as unusual. You know, it's it's not. But I feel like Spider-Man meeting Daredevil on the street and they instantly come to blows doesn't make sense to me because both of them should know better. Right. Both of them have a cool head and should stop and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's you know, who are you, first of all? You know, <laughs> instead of. Well, obviously, whoa, whoa, whoa. he's just like the devil. You should yeah. beat him up. He's a supervillain. Oh, you're the one that the the new newspapers have been talking about that is obviously a bad guy, which is what happened when they first met. And, you know, the Avengers and the X-Men, when they first met, they, they came to blows. It's but shouldn't Captain America be? Whoa, whoa. These are teenager kids. They have they look weird. They have powers. But who are you really? Instead of just jumping to conclusions. That's the other one. You know, we talk about a, a misunderstanding, but then there's the just straight up jumping to conclusions where mm. clearly there's someone with a bad, you know, who, who's a bad guy with a power who is robbing banks. And I have just found someone in that same area who has a power. And so that they must be the bank robber. No way that they are actually trying to catch the bank robber. You know, it's because why else would I find someone with powers in this area? Right. <laughs> It's not like we live in New York City, it's just populated by metahumans. So villains fighting villains is more natural to me. It just seems like, I mean, that should happen. That makes sense to happen. And it is, but I'm just thinking from like a, a interesting story perspective that I'd like to read. I feel like we don't have too many stories, at least I haven't read them, where we have two like major player villains who are pitted against each other. And they don't end up teaming up against the hero. Um, which it makes sense why they do team up against the hero. I was just watching uh, Batman and Robin yesterday with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Why, you ask? Because my friend had never seen it. And I was like, do you want to watch a terrible movie? And so we did. So and Because huh? we're going to go see Batman v Superman. So I was like, let's watch some Batman and Superman movies. So I was watching it. I'm like, you know what? Poison Ivy, like when when... Poison Ivy first makes her debut and Mr. Freeze comes and like wrecks her party and steals the diamond from her. I was like, you know, that's an interesting, that is kind of interesting to me. I wish they would have just kept going with that and not had them team up and just had them at odds the whole time. And one of them will come out the victor and that one person gets to face off with Batman. I don't know. I think that'd be interesting. Maybe, maybe. Cause I feel like villain fights, they're more like petty squabbles most of the time. Well, because that, they they have other things that they need to do in the story, which is to fight the good guy. Yes. And, and that's what all these things that we're talking about is they exist to have conflict for the good guy. And so now you, you did have some of that in, you know, well, Two-Face and Riddler. There's a little bit of animosity between them. In the Batman Forever. Batman Forever. Yeah. yeah. And same but, thing with Catwoman and Penguin. But then a lot of times your villain will just be a loner and not work with anyone else or they'll be waiting to, you know, how long will I stay with this person as long as I need them? You know, I, I will stop hanging out with this person and fighting with this person uh, as soon as they have outlived their usefulness. Yeah, I I like it better when instead of teaming up. You know, they both get a chance to kill Superman and the other bad guy is going to kill Superman. And then Lex Luthor just shoots that bad guy in the face because he's like, no one's going to kill Superman except me. You know, I like that sort of thing. 
Yeah, yeah. But to to me, them fighting each other, like what you just said, it, it makes sense and far makes far more sense than than the heroes coming yes. into conflict the way that they do. I agree. So, I mean, basically, you have, especially in older, less uh, less sophisticated storytelling, you'll end up with either a really, really lame, weak, mind control, brainwashing kind of story, or they are just they they have a hair trigger temper where it's what you you shouldn't be here and then they just start fighting and they go all kylo ren yeah against each other yeah so uh you know thinking about why we like these stories though one of the things i wonder is by having the heroes fight each other is that a way of kind of examining and maybe i'm reading too much into this and i have been known to do that every once in a while so but is that a way of examining just how even our heroes are not infallible you know so I, yeah. so superman gets tricked to fight spider-man you know superman is a great guy he's a really nice guy he wouldn't fight spider-man normally but he gets tricked into it you know and, and it just tells us that you know he may be superman He's super, but he's still a man, right? Yeah, and I like that. I mean, I people always praise Batman because oh, he's such a flawed character, you know. But every superhero is a flawed character because they're all human beings. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and really, like, honestly, oh, Batman is so relatable. Really, is he that relatable to you in your personal life? when i when i think about that you know because i don't i'm not consumed with no no i i would say you know i would say that he is more relatable than some other characters and and as relatable to me as superman it's just superman you know like i said that's inspiration Mm -hmm. superman is kind of inspiring you to be your best or to hold back when you could do more, but only doing what you need to do to really, you know, help someone instead of going further and, you know, destroying the, the, the opponent, you know, completely obliterating Batman is the flip side where it's overcoming your dark side to do good and to do right. And, and, and I think we all have a a dark side to overcome. Uh, clearly, I mean, we have a, a, the sinful nature where we, absolutely we, it's it's all there. But you have Batman; he is overcoming a tragic past, a um, you know, a, a, an upbringing with an absent with absent parents, um, this obsession, possibly even addiction to um, to fight crime, crime, yeah, mm-hmm. and the the war on crime. And, you know, the then the impulse that he would have for the rage, you know, the anger that he's feeling, he's trying to channel that anger into doing something good. And and so, yeah, I think he is relatable. I'm, okay, I'm when clearly, you put it like that. I, I guess he's just not as relatable to me. He's, he's I'm not a billionaire ninja. Well, no, but even the stuff you were saying, like, I, I have a hard time relating to that stuff because, you know, I grew up with loving parents and I grew up like Clark Kent. Without the superpowers, which is yeah, kind of a bummer. Yeah. So, but. so did I. But I also grew up with, um, you know, anger issues, and I, I, I grew up. I mean, everyone gets angry, 
you know, and what do you do with that? And, you know, I, I, I also grew up with, you know, this dark, we, we have the dark side that, you know, maybe some people it's, it's stronger than others, but what we're saying, you know, am I going to give into this or am I going to fight it? Yeah. I feel like Batman a lot of times though, instead of fighting and conquering his dark side, he channels it and uses it. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't know if that's what God calls us to do. I don't, I'm pretty sure it's not. Um, well, so it's, it's yeah, there. I mean, it's just there, my thoughts. you know, getting into, you know, anger and, you know, I hear people make the excuse of, you know, it's okay for me to do what I'm doing because Jesus got angry you know, <laughs> and Jesus tossed out the money changers in the temple yeah. and Be angry and do not sin is the key. Well, right no, the, the, well, yes. But, but my, my response to that is you're not Jesus. You know, and, <laughs> also, you know, so you, but, you need I'm, to be a little more careful and not try and justify your outburst, your outrage. Oh, absolutely. You know, and by anger, saying Jesus did it, you know, that, yeah, he did. But uh, you're, right. you're, you're making excuses in some ways. And, and, and so that's where, you know, that he used that anger, though. I mean, the, there was definitely a feeling that he had the emotion of anger. Oh, for sure. And, and anger it does not say that anger is a sin. You can do sinful things in your anger, which is what the Bible talks against. Cause right. God, it talks about God getting angry. Jesus got angry. Um, and if you know, somebody is murdered in front of you and that doesn't make you angry, there's something wrong. <laughs> so, well, yeah. So there is a righteous anger. There is Absolutely. justification Absolutely. for anger. But again, what does that anger, anger then push you to do? Exactly. And for Batman, you know, his catchphrase on the animated series, I am vengeance is his thing. And eh, it's not, uh, it's not the proper motivation. And I understand that a lot of times in comics, it's not vengeance. It's, uh, seeking justice, which is, there is a difference. Um, but we're kind of getting away from the fighting, the superheroes fighting sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, good thoughts anyway. Yeah. Well, and again, I, I think usually the superheroes wouldn't fight. Like if if, yeah. if if they were really characterized the way that they've been characterized, they'd meet each other, they'd they'd get to know each other, and then they'd work together. But that's not as exciting. Uh, and then you have the Civil War, like with the movie. And it's the same thing with the Batman versus Superman. It's really interesting. I'm I'm curious to see how they play it out in both of these situations where Batman is basically pro registration and he is which is odd for him. Well, but he's, <laughs> he's going out and saying this guy is too powerful. Yep. He needs to be controlled and who's the one to do it. I am. Why? Cause I'm Batman. <laughs> and then that's, that's Iron Man thing too. Of course we'll see and when the movie actually comes out. But. Yeah. And Superman, I mean, he even made the argument in the man of steel at the end, you know, you have to trust me. I'm here to do the right thing. I'm here to help, but I have to do it on my own terms. And that's no. exactly what Batman yeah. is against. It's, hey, guys, you can trust me. I grew up in Kansas. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, because I'm Batman. <laughs> Batman. Yeah. Well, we're going to be doing a, hopefully, an on-location episode. road trip episode. <laughs> at the theater, again, for Batman v Superman. We're going to try and tie in Steve somehow, too. I don't know how it's going to work. But we're going to try and get somehow get Steve into that episode. 
So I think we can do it. Road trip, road trip, road trip. We're taking your starship again? Probably. Okay. Probably. And Ben's starship is very roomy. And my son is not coming, so I'm not going to wear a superhero shirt, probably. Because Ben never wears the shirt to the thing. That's right. Unless it's for my son. Because he so really you, wanted me to. Are you going to wear a Civil War shirt to Batman v Superman? Is that what you're going to do? Uh, I don't know. Probably more likely I'll just wear my... I, I don't know. Because uh, I oh, am going to put I, on... No, no. I know exactly what I'm going to wear. Okay. I know what I'm going to wear. We'll save it for the episode. We'll save it for the episode. Dun, dun, dun. Keep you guys in suspense with the most idiotic, stupid thing that Ben has ever done. And Come back say, next week. When I say idiotic and stupid, what I really mean is it doesn't matter. <laughs> but but it's going to happen. We know you guys are interested in what we're going to wear to the theater. We know you'll be back. I'll just put it this way. This is not who shot Jr. All right. <laughs> this is you know, what shirt is Ben going to wear that is not Superman or Batman or DC. Oh, dun, dun, the plot thickens. It does. It does. All right. Well, I think we need to wrap things up here. So, I agree. You got any what, thoughts? What, Final thought. Final thought is when we started the episode, I took a Benadryl. And it's starting to kick in. So great time to end. Yeah. And my final thought is when we started the episode, I was tired. And now I still am. So how's that? Well, there it is. I went to that Star Trek concert. Oh, yeah. It was pretty cool. I'm going to say a few words about that to the listeners. Or should we say that for a special in-depth episode? Or maybe a post-credit. Or maybe a post-credit. Hey. Hey, Who knows? Stay tuned. All right. So thanks for listening, everyone. And... Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Steve MacDonald, and Dr. Jace O'Neill. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. Please join in the conversation by visiting our website, strangersandaliens.com, where you will find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers. Or you can leave us a voicemail on the Strangers and Aliens hotline. Just call 1-804-37-ALIEN and leave your message. And once again, thanks for listening. So this was Star Trek, the ultimate experience or something like that. It was a 50th anniversary thing. And yeah. one of those where you have this small orchestra and they're playing and then up on the screen, they're showing uh, scenes from the movies. And what a couple things I was surprised about. First of all, there's a lot of dialogue in the scenes. Like there was a lot of dialogue from the movies that they, they played along with the music. Interesting. But, it was really cool. It was really fun. The music was fun. It was all things that I already have, you know, on CDs and I've heard over and over and over again. Um, things from the new Star Trek movie, uh, Star Trek six, um, Star Trek, uh, Jerry Goldsmith's Star Trek music, James Horner's Star Trek music, um, music from the original series, music from next generation, 
and Deep Space Nine and Voyager. Probably the original series was what was um, featured the most. Okay. But uh, yeah, it was another thing though that I noticed. Uh, They started it and they were using music from the motion picture and then showing pictures from um, Star Trek V and the motion picture. And I'm just thinking they are coming out the gate with the two movies that people like the least. <laughs> it was really, really funny. Um, one person showed up in costume that I saw. He was wearing a early next generation uniform. Um, I thought we got, uh, I thought we got um, uh, cheated, uh, swindled uh, at the, at the parking gate. Cause there's a guy standing at the gate who collected our money and said that they couldn't take a card and, and just to, and then he opened the gate for us and let us in. Hmm. And then we're, we're going to drive out and there's a long, it's a short line, but it's taking a long time to get out. And I realized we don't have a ticket and he, we paid him. So we ended oh. up having, we had to pay a second time. And I, I told my wife, I said, I wonder if we just got scammed. Like, I wonder if that guy like was it. supposed to be there and he just took our money and, and, but then I, I called the hotel and they were like, no, no, he works for us. Oh, and good. There should have been someone to let you out. So, huh. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. By Are having a refund? Yeah. I have to drive in to get it though. Oh. So. So your wife bought you these tickets? She did. It was a Christmas gift. Awesome. Yeah. So she went with me and that was cool too. She actually enjoyed herself. I was afraid that she was going to have to endure it, but instead Aww. she enjoyed it. So well, that's cool. Live music is nice. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and it was enjoyable. It was, like I said, the music <sighs> that I liked and uh, they kind of grouped themes. So they do one, one piece, but it would be with um, all shots of people exploring earth. So Kirk climbing huh. the mountain in Star Trek five, but then also stuff from enterprise, you know, in the opening credits of enterprise. And, and then they did, um, you know, uh, emotional scenes of people you know, getting ready to die. <laughs> uh. And then they did one where it was like Spock and data, both dealing with emotions, the mm. scenes, but then there was also just space vistas and, and spaceships. And they did a Klingon one where it was just all Klingons doing Klingon things. And, yeah, it was good. It was good. I enjoyed myself. I was glad Very I went. Cool. I appreciate my wife doing. I've always that. wanted to go to something like that, like a like a video game symphony or something. Yeah. So it was fun. All right. I said I was tired. I'm tired. I'm going to bed. Oh, all right, sir. So have a good man. evening. You too. Or morning. <laughs>